You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Grab your seats, everybody. Touch somebody beside you. Tell that person God will speak to you today. And tell that person you look good. Do you agree with me that we have a phenomenal brain? Raise your hand if you think you've got an amazing brain. You believe in that? But you know, no matter how phenomenal that brain is, it has certain bugs. Ask me why I know. We've made some lousy decisions in our lives. Raise your hand again if, if you, you've made, you know, like me, you've made some not so nice decisions. Okay, good. If you did not raise your hand, maybe I need to refresh your memory. Look at your past relationships. You know, the boyfriends and the girlfriends that went, you know, kind of like think about that and you say, what was I thinking? Why did I fall for that guy? You know what? I think that there are two bugs. I want to I wanna share with you two bugs of our brain. And there's no way we, we can exchange our brains, like, like no exchange, no return policy. But we can upgrade our brain. And I want to share that lesson with you today. The two problems of our brain I want to talk about today. The first one is that our brains are programmed by fear. Can everybody say fear? fear. Now fear is a good thing because it protects us. It actually warns us from danger and death. In fact, your brain, my brain, has gone through 20,000 years of programming. And it was so useful centuries ago. Think of yourself if you lived 10,000 years ago. You would be living in a jungle. You'd go home and your mom would say, Good news! The rats that were eating our food, they're gone. Why, mom? This is a normal conversation at that time. Because all the poisonous snakes have eaten them. Yay! You mean there are poisonous snakes all around us? Yeah! That's 10,000 years ago. Imagine your, your dad saying, where's your baby brother? And you say, ah, don't, don't know. And so your father will say, go up the hill, look at the mountain lions, see if one of them has a big stomach. That's normal conversation 10,000 years ago. 10,000 years ago, the next door tribe would be cannibals. They would eat human organs with soy sauce and calamansi. And when you greet them, you know, along the way, they say, hi, hello, hi. And then they always greet you by saying, you look healthy today. Come, let's have dinner. We promise we will make you part of our family. You know, you, you that, that's normal conversation 10,000 years ago. And it's but right that you be afraid constantly because there's danger here and danger there. But you know, the world has changed. Have you noticed? When was the last time you saw a cannibal that said, you look yummy today? No, when somebody says that, you're, you feel flattered. <laughs> when was the last time you saw a mountain lion peek through the window of your bedroom? When was the last time you saw a snake hiss a cobra under your bed? No. 
The world has changed. But our brains have not. It's still programmed by fear. And so what it did, ask me what? Louder. It changed the old monsters with new monsters. There are no more mountain lions around you. But you still have an angry boss. You still have an unreasonable mother-in-law. You know, you don't have snakes anymore. But there's social rejection. There are no more cannibals. But there's that guy who comments on your IG post. Bang it. And you see, what happens is this. What, what, what happens is, think about it. The way your body reacts to physical danger for thousands of years by our ancestors in our ancestors' bodies, this is the same reaction we get for social threats. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We're programmed by fear. And not only that, I want you to know that in your brain, you know, the reason why is because we have this, the most primitive part of our brain is the amygdala. Can you say amygdala? That's, that's the reptilian part of your brain. And it hasn't changed. It's still there. It is a fight or flight thing for that, for that part of your brain. It will always try to be afraid. And it will act in fear. The second problem, the second bug of our brain is that it focuses on failure. Everybody say failure. How many of you have failed in, your, in the past? Raise your hand. Very good. How many of you have won in the past? Whatever. Success, you know, some stuff, that you, good stuff you did. You see, the, the thing is this. Your brain focuses on the failure. Neurologists will say that your brain, my brain, human memory is the most inaccurate data on planet Earth. Because, ask me why? Because human memory does not store data. It stores biased interpretation of data. I hope you get that. Meaning to say, meaning to, I was talking to a guy, and he was very, very discouraged, very depressed, got, was going through some problems. And then, and then he would name the problems to me, describe them to me, problem number one, problem number two, problem And then at the end of, at, at the end of just sharing all these problems, he, he gives one statement to me that, I, that shocked me. He said, Bo, I hate my life. You know, and that kind of like, whoa, that's, 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 that's heavy. You know why? I knew him and he lived a fairy tale life. He had an amazing career, beautiful job, wonderful family, lovely kids. He was serving in church, had a relationship with God. Sure, he had problems, but man, it does not compare to the blessings that he had in his life. But he was saying, I hate my life. And I say, you know why he said that? Ask me why. Do you know why we say that sometimes? Ask me why. We remember the wrong things. If you had nine wins and one loss, what will you remember? The one loss. Ask me why. Because 10,000 years ago, you had to look for food in this forest. And you were eating mushrooms. There were nine mushrooms that you could eat. There was one mushroom that was poisonous and you ate it two weeks ago and you almost died. Guess what? Your amygdala, deep there in your brain, is always focused on the 
poison is always focused on the failure because it tries to keep you safe. It tries to keep you out of danger. So you will memorize how that poisonous mushroom looks like. Its characteristic, its shape, its size, its texture, its color. But the nine safe mushrooms that you could eat, eh, kind of like, okay, I I think I remember that vaguely. But this, am I making sense to you? Why we, why we focus on the failure? But that's a problem. If you focus on the failure, you're going to program your body and your mind to failure as well. I'll give you a, a personal example. I'm a speaker. There are days when I give a lousy talk. At least in, in terms of self-evaluation. I walk out of the stage after the talk and I say, Wow, that's, that was lousy, Bo. <laughs> but you know what? Because I've been doing it for so long... What I do is just when I step off the stage, I just, I just tell myself, Bo, next time you give a talk, you're going to give a fantastic talk. You know, I just say that to myself. But when I was a young preacher, when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, it was a different story. If I gave a lousy talk, if I thought I gave a lousy talk, I'll step off the stage and I'll say, that was a lousy talk. And then I'll feel awful For the next few days. Ask me why. Because in my mind, I am replaying my lousy talk in a video loop over and over and over again. Does this sound familiar, guys? In whatever you're doing, if if you fell, if you failed, if you lost... It's like a video that you replay in your mind. And and every time you watch it... But you keep on watching because that's how your brain is wired. Until one day, as I got older, I realized, why am I punishing myself watching this video where I gave a lousy talk over... You know what I did? I changed the CD. I changed the, the digital file. And I began to watch in my brain the best talks I ever gave in my life. And it was like night and day. The difference was night and day. Instead of climbing up the stage with fear and trepidation, I'm going to give another lousy talk. I start coming up the stage saying, I'm going to give a great talk. Because that's what I focus on. And so there are two things you need to do if you want to have more courage in your life. How many? Two things. Number one, you've got to celebrate your wins. Everybody say, celebrate your wins. There's a, there's a scripture I like. It's in Psalms chapter 77. Let's read together. Can we? I recall the many miracles He did for me so long ago. Those wonderful deeds are constantly in my thoughts. Can you, can you read verse 12? Those wonderful deeds are constantly in my thoughts together I cannot stop thinking about them that's what you do everybody say celebrate your wins that's what David did don't you notice did you not notice let's read that key verse again I love that beautiful 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 37 together the Lord who rescued me From the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. David knew 
He fought the bear. He fought the lion. He won. He's, he celebrated his wins. Tell somebody beside you, celebrate your wins. You've got to do it. You've got to look back and you've got to say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. In fact, this is what you do. You don't only celebrate your wins. You don't only remember your wins. My suggestion is you reverse engineer your wins. Everybody say reverse engineer. Meaning to say, when I think about the talks that I gave, which was really, really good, I remember it, and then I get a piece of paper, and I write down why it was good, why it was great. Number one, number two, I did this, I did that, I, I prepared this way. And then what, I, what I'm doing is I'm making my win, my memory, a detailed memory. Everybody say detailed memory. When you make a detailed memory, friends, a detailed memory is more powerful than a vague memory. And so what you do is when you celebrate your win, you think about that win, you, you, you kind of like get the details because what happens is, is the memory of your success becomes more powerful than the memory of your failure. But you see, there's a second thing that you need to do. What's the first thing that you need to do to have more courage? Celebrate your wins. There's a second thing that you've got to do. Because as good as celebrating your wins is, it's not enough. The second thing that you need to do is you need to celebrate your greatest win. Now what is that? Everybody say, celebrate your greatest win. I'll go back to this passage and I'll let you guess. David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion... And the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. My dear friends, why was David courageous? Was it because of his past victories? Partly yes. But not just his past victories. He was courageous because he remembered the God who gave him his past victories. Audi was saying the track record of God, that's what will make you courageous. Who God is, his character, his faithfulness. There are two kinds of courage in this world. First one is human courage. Everybody say human courage. Human courage is trusting yourself. Self-confidence. And you know what? That's important. I would not be able to stand here in front of you without some measure of human courage. Some measure of self-confidence. You understand me? When I was a teenager, everything human was bad. <laughs> and, and, and if you tell me, be self-confident, I will say, in Jesus' name, devil get out. I, 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 I didn't like that. I wanted God only. I've grown up. I've, I've realized. No, you need self-confidence. You need to trust yourself. You need human courage. But I've also grown old enough to tell you. I'm 52. I look 36, but never mind. <laughs> during, during, you know, if I'm 400 feet away, um, I, I look young. Um, I'm old enough to tell you that there are experiences in your life when human courage will fall short. When you've done everything you can and you're, you're at your ends, you're, you don't know what to do. 
and you're, you just have to say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. You've got to come and take charge. And there's such a thing as holy courage. There's human courage and there's holy courage. Human courage is you trust yourself. Holy courage is you trust in God. David was courageous, not only because he was self-confident, but because he was God-confident. And that's what you need to do in your life. You need to look at God and say, God, you've got to come. You've got to take over. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to prepare you to pray and respond. You know, a talk is a talk. You hear it. Some of you, yeah, it's good, nice, wonderful. Woo, yeah. And then you go home. That, it's not a talk really that will change you. It's your encounter with God. And right now, I want you to encounter God. Is that okay? Are you ready? Can I prepare you? Can you stand? I'll prepare you to encounter God. God is here. God brought you here. This is not an accident that you're here. Divine appointment. He wanted you to be here and to listen to this word. 20 years ago, God gave me three words. I was in prayer. I'll give you a little background, just one step backward. I, I, it was a, it was, I didn't feel good. I was sick physically, but emotionally I was, I was sicker. I, there was a lot of self-rejection. I don't know if you ever experienced that. When you don't feel good about yourself. Have you ever experienced that? You don't like yourself. I didn't. You know, this, this is one morning I woke up and I really felt bad. I had fever. I, I, but, but not only that, it was just I was looking at my life at that point. And sure, I, I, I was newlywed. Um, got, just got recently married. But, you know, maybe it was the, the anxiety or the stress. But I... I began to look at my failures <laughs> and I was allowing my brain just to again go through a video loop of my failures and, and, and my sins even and my weaknesses. I was just, I was just, oh, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a nice person. <laughs> I, was just, I was just going through that and I was praying and then I heard God say three statements to me that I want to share with you today. Is that okay? I was shocked when God gave me his first word and he said, Bo, celebrate. I celebrate who you are. I celebrate who you are. Bang! It's like, what's there to celebrate, God? Um, hello? This is me. This is weak me. This is inadequate me. This is lacking me. This You're celebrating? And then God gives me a second word. He says, You're my masterpiece. And I am proud of my masterpiece. And I... I could so relate because I'm an artist. And once upon a time, I used to write songs. I don't have time anymore, but I, I used to write songs. And sometimes when I write one song, there was this one song I wrote. It's called uh, Strong and Faithful. S some of the older people probably know this song. But I, I wrote that in 1826. And it was so good. Like it was so, so good. Like, like when people would sing it, they'd be, they'd be just be 
in the Lord and in His presence. That song moves them so much. And guys, guys, when, when, peop- when, when I see that people are using it for worship and tears rolling down their cheeks, I say, wow, this is a good song. Who wrote it? Oh, me? Really? I was like, me? I wrote this song? And then I say, wow. This, this, this healthy sense of pride. That's my song? And then I realized, this is what, what, what God was telling me. You're my masterpiece, and I'm proud of my masterpiece. Wait, 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 wait. Do you understand that? That when God looks at you, He smiles? When God looks at you, He brags about you to His angels? He tells Michael, Gabriel, that's my boy. That's my girl. I'm proud of that kid. You understand me? That's your God. And it moved me so much. I got a piece of paper. I, I, I felt this is what God wanted me to do. This was 20 years ago, okay? So I, I started writing I am statements because of what God has done in my life. I'm a child of God. I'm a servant of God. You know? And I, I wrote down, since I was newly married, I, I'm, I'm a loving husband. Um, well, my wife thinks so. Twice a week, at least. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a loving husband. And I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an... I'm an effective preacher. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good writer. And I started writing stuff about what God has done in my life and I felt so good. It's like, yeah, yeah, God has done something. In, in the words of Audi, the track record of God is that He has blessed you so much in the past that you need to celebrate them. And here's the third statement. I heard God tell me 20 years ago, celebrate who you are when you celebrate who you are you celebrate me please understand that when 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 you when you celebrate who you are when you see how wonderful you are when you see how beautiful you are when you open your eyes and be grateful for what god has done in your life guess what you are celebrating him you, you, you are telling Him, thank you for what you have done in my life. And I, I want you just to enter into His presence right now and allow God to, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I want you just to raise your hands if this is a comfortable posture for you and allow God to tell you those words. Number one, I celebrate who you are. Child, I celebrate who you are. Daughter, I celebrate who you are. Son, I celebrate who you are. I am proud of my masterpiece. You are my masterpiece. You are my workmanship. Ephesians 2 verse 10. This is your God who says, I have done a good work in you and I will bring it to completion. This is the God who tells you, if you celebrate who you are, you're celebrating the one who made you. Say this after me. Father, thank you for celebrating me. Thank you that I am your masterpiece and that you are proud of your masterpiece. Thank you, Father, 
as I give you my heart with all its weaknesses. Thank you for transforming me day by day, changing me day by day. My dear friends, just be grateful. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcasts.